1: It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. (laughs) Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice. Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go
2: beyond. All right, here we go. Super Bowl week has arrived. We've made it. And we're getting shots of Vegas all over the TVs now. Teams have arrived and it, nothing arrives until we get there so i mean i don't know why they're showing any of this rothman and ice anthony rothman matty ice hayes cb um i lied i did pack this morning not everything oh. but i was
3: about 50 50 lemon lime i really did so you got done packing this morning i was actually done packing yesterday afternoon we are ready to rock and roll like i think i'm ready but I know I really have no idea what I'm getting myself into. But I couldn't be more excited, man. I could not be more excited. You guys will, uh, will all link up together after the show hit the airport and be on our way to Vegas for an entire week to attack this Super Bowl, man. It's going to be on and popping. Wallet, phone, charger.
2: Wallet, phone, charger you can buy. That's true. So you start thinking about stuff you can't buy. So wallet, phone, keys, obviously, if you're going to need those. And that's mm-hmm. it. Everything else you can buy out there right? Absolutely, man. You don't want to, but you can.
3: Yeah, you're you're right about that. You are absolutely right about that. So yeah, looking forward to less is more out there anyway. Who who we can connect with to get on the air, and uh, we'll see what type of fun activities we got going on after the shows, because I saw so WWE announced a big, you know, little press event for the Rock and oh. Roman Reigns on Thursday night. You got your YouTube concert at the Sphere. Well, I'm not there yet. No, yeah. well, you will be in the building. You you'll be in the building for that. So yeah, man, it's going to be a good time. Can't wait to hop on the burger after the show today.
2: Yes, they have a uh Saying out there, like I said, less is more when it comes to like a tire and things like that. Oh, so, I
3: thought you were going to yeah. go with what happens in Vegas.
2: Well, that's the old, in Vegas. that's the old thing, absolutely. Do you only have to saying. say
3: that when you're like maybe in a relationship or something? Is that when you can when you need to say that?
2: I think everybody says it, I okay. think it's just a universal thing. Everybody, it's like it's like our nation's hall pass, yeah, like that's the place.
3: It's a good movie, that's by it. the way. Hall
2: pass. Um, so we'll get into a lot today in our uh short two hour deal. We'll have Charles Davis, CBS, NFL vet. Um, he's gonna jump out of one thirty three and tell me how he's going to defend how he would defend Patrick Mahomes and what they have in store there. Uh, we'll talk with Pat Murphy, Bucknuts twenty four seven at two thirty three, and we'll find out if the OC for Ohio State is here to stay. Or is this going or is or should I call this the Bill O'Brien bed and breakfast? <laughs> is that is that
3: what's going to happen? Bill O'Brien's Buckeye bed and breakfast. Yeah. It seems like uh Bungalows. We're not, we're not gonna be seeing Bill rolling the sidelines or maybe shots of him up in the booth at Scarlet and Gray when we get to the fall because, you know, one of the latest reports from Bill Rabenowitz is Bill O'Brien's time as Ohio State's offensive coordinator might be a short one according to the Boston Herald. Boston College is likely to hire O'Brien as its head coach. O'Brien is a Boston native. That last nugget is very important. And then you dig a little deeper and you find out his son has been dealing with some health issues and he's been getting treatment in the Boston area. We know that he obviously he coached in New England. And look, it's pretty clear to me, AR, that you know, this is a guy that Obviously knows what it takes to be a head coach, both at the collegiate level and the NFL level. And when somebody presents that opportunity to you and maybe there can be, you know, obviously, I think there would be a financial increase there. And the family aspect of it, I'm sure, is, is pulling at his heartstrings as well. So this isn't shocking to me that the reason why he would be leaving. Look, this is just speculation on why I think he is leaving. Um, but yeah, man, whenever you get a chance to be a head coach, I think you're always going to jump at that, aren't you?
2: Yeah, and it's the location too. It's yeah. but it's I don't you know, I don't know how to speak to that because you know, being a part of Ohio State and being a part of what this team might be. Ohio State has assembled one of the great off-seasons we've seen in a long time. Pressure is always on, but the pressure goes up again if they quote are you know, went out and tried to buy a title, buy talent, get talent, appeal to talent, all that and then coach them up and develop them and get them going here quickly. He was going to be a big part of that. And so I can't tell you, but you're right. I mean, a head coach for a guy that's been one seems to be that that would check a fairly big box for him. I mean, I think if this was total smoke, Ohio State would have thrown water on this fire. I think Bill would have probably done it himself. No, I'm here. I have a contract. I want to be at Ohio State. Like, I think he would have done that. But there, there seems to be very mutual interest right now, and understandably so. And so if that's the reality, Ohio State will go out and find the next one and move on and it's a big deal yeah. because I thought this was a fairly big hire and so do you. I think it was I can't tell you on paper it seemed like a home run. Whether that turns into something great who knows, but we know what the guys would have to work with here at Ohio State. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy in his mid 50s, got a chance to kind of go back home. He's born in Massachusetts, uh, went to Brown in Rhode Island. He's from this part of that part of the country. This is a chance to take over after Hathley left to become the DC of the Packers. So um. yeah, it's very interesting. I don't think any other school is looking to fill a head coaching spot right now from what I know of.
3: I, and off the top I of my head, I, yeah. I don't believe so, so either. So they would be the
2: only one. Yeah.
3: Yeah, And I was looking forward to just seeing what he could do, specifically this year, right? Because you mentioned the all season that the Buckeyes have had it's, it's been a great one and I still think it's a it's a great one even if you if we're going to subtract the name Bill O'Brien from the equation just because of all the talent that they have accumulated here but we talk so much about when the hire um, was you know reported initially when Bill O'Brien about that year down in Alabama at Tuscaloosa when Bryce Young had won the Heisman it wasn't even just that year this guy has gone around and I know look a lot of people looked at his last year in New England and weren't Overly joyed or jumping with joy when they found out he was coming to Ohio State But you and I broke that down and you know kind of added some context to really what was going on But that year at Alabama He showed you that at an elite program that's going the same level as Ohio State when this guy gets that type of talent He can really lead an offense to some really promising things. Not saying that Will Howard would have won the Heisman this year. Maybe he will even with Bill O'Brien. I don't know. But that would have been fun to see. But I think when you take him out of this AR, my mind doesn't go too well. The offense now is in a, you know, they're going to be hurting. I still think with the minds of Coach Day, Hartline, whoever he's going to bring in with all the dudes that they're going to have rolling out there on Saturdays, this offense should be just fine. Yeah, it should be. Yeah.
2: It should be. I mean, they got to get this offensive line really to a point where that that'll be real for them. And this is it's February, so this is wouldn't be a huge setback. But I think if this wasn't going, and maybe it won't, maybe they'll get to uh, a negotiation, or it won't. But if there is mutual interest, it seems um, like this is a fairly positive deal about him going back home and leading Boston College. But we'll certainly talk to Pat Murphy about it two thirty three, unless it breaks within the next hour and a half. Um, I watched the grammys last night just to see you two in the sphere you mentioned that mm-hmm. um and so as uh, my buddy belch texted me and said hey bring some dramamine i said i'm way ahead of you man i'm showing up to thursday's show if i go to that concert with vertigo there's no question <laughs> i've seen that thing that's not and i don't love that i mean i'm sure the effects Ooh, are amazing yeah. i think the outside of it is almost worth the price of admission for free it's it's quite that thing's like 2.3 billion dollars yeah, yeah. Um, and there's already been, so if you haven't seen the pictures online right now, the sphere, they've got both helmets up there and all that, so That's good, we'll see. I did, you know, I've been a very impartial person when it comes to the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing. Um, I certainly think it's real. I'm glad they're together, but she finally did something that I thought was fairly off-putting or arrogant. Like, I listen, she's a billionaire. She's the most popular. I would never crush that part of it, but I was surprised when she won, like, best pop album mm-hmm. or whatever, and she got up there, and I've never heard anyone do this before. I don't know if you guys watched her acceptance speech. She goes, well, you know, this is my 13th Grammy, and 13 is my favorite number for those of you who don't know. Can you imagine anybody getting a podium? Tom Brady, by the way, this is my seventh Lombardi. Seven's kind of oh, like my favorite number. Like, honestly, I, I didn't think she was arrogant, but I I've never heard anybody that any acceptance speech of any kind who's won multiple Oscars anything say
3: recap the audience yeah. on what this is for you. Let me read you my resume. Let, let me let you know who I really am and what I'm really about. <laughs> I've never heard that either. You know maybe you know she's feeling feeling herself just a little bit. Her and Travis Kelsey at the moment. They're riding high in in both their respective yeah. realms of life, right now, he's in another Super Bowl. She's on top of the world. Just came and up- she just
4: announced a new album's coming out in April. She,
3: by the way, she
2: did it on the in the acceptance speech. She said, "This is a really good time now. You know that I've won. I'm going to go backstage right now and and basically announce yeah. the new album. This is the name of it. She dropped the name. But the very first thing she said, maybe CB can find. Maybe you can find the acceptance speech online. It was her Best Pop Album, and the first thing she said was."
3: This is my thirteenth Grammy. <laughs> For those I'm of actually, you who may not I'm, know, I'm actually really not. I'm not mad at it because sometimes you got to remind people what you're really about. Sometimes you got to really? do. It. Well, I think every once in a while, and this I think qualifies as the every once Have in a while. Have never heard anyone yeah, I I really say haven't. this is my this? <laughs>
2: I haven't. Multiple any MVP ever won saying, "Well, I really appreciate it. It's so nice to win my fourth MVP." No, because I mean, maybe
3: Roger and maybe Aaron Rodgers would do. He it. seems like. He would do that on McAfee show that he would he would let that fly on McAfee show, because when you're that type of celebrity, when you reach that status, the amount of praise that you get is always going to be It's always it would be a continuous cycle of praise, 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 and then some more praise. So you never really have to pat yourself on the back. But sometimes, you know, when you're in a position like that, I'm not mad when you want to flex your power. (laughs) All I'm I'm saying is I was surprised. She
2: doesn't usually come off like that. Yeah, And it was very interesting. I was thrilled. Listen, you got to be thrilled for her. There was great competition. She goes up there. And um, all right, CB, this is the pop album. All right, let's hear it.
4: Okay, this is my 13th Grammy. (laughs) Thanks. Which is my lucky number. I don't know if I've ever told you that. Brilliant. Um, I want to say thank you to... The members of the Recording Academy about for voting it, this TV. way.
3: That's all I wanted And to now know. AR is rooting for the San Francisco Forty hey, something- ers this should not have happened. <laughs> you're, I you're turning heel on him. I don't know you're, what happened. You're turning heel on Travis I thought Kelsey. I was out, and they pulled me back in. <laughs> I saw last night, too, or this morning, that the Kansas City market was one of the highest-rated markets for yeah. viewership last night for the Grammy. So she's got that whole city behind her as well. But listen, man. Seems like a very sweet girl. I'm rooting for these kids to make it. I really am. Well, everybody just, says nice things about her, like their experiences yeah. with her. No doubt. Everybody says that she's a cool chick and that she looks out for the people around him and she's not arrogant and all those things so let's give her a little grace on this one that you know what maybe she had a couple tequilas and sodas before the show she's feeling good when she got up there i don't know just <laughs> one of those things that i've i mean there are a lot of
2: arrogant entertainers and athletes and all that i don't think yeah. i've ever heard anyone say that live in the acceptance that's new speech. for me that's new this for me this is this number. Let me ask you this, because yeah. you
3: mentioned the sphere, and hopefully you'll be in the building on on Wednesday. When you're at this concert, are you a dancer? Are we jumping around? Well, here's- are we two stepping? How does how does the- AR get busy? I've already,
2: concert? I've already thought about this. Okay. And the the real problem, the one thing I'm I'm most afraid of is if I'm going to sing along with the songs, then I would lose my voice, ah. and this wouldn't be Friday. So I'm going to have to do one of those fake kind of like mouthing the lyrics. And that's the deal. Now, if I'm on the floor in GA and there's plenty of room for activities, mm-hmm. you know, I could see myself bobbing and weaving and
3: strutting my stuff a little bit. Well, you just stay away from the mosh pit, big dog. I don't need you. Limp I don't it, think it, there's limp, a mosh pit. Out. From what I've for heard,
2: too. they're not overselling the GA floor like they do at a lot of concerts, where they'll oversell it. Where if you're in kind of on yeah. the like
3: where you're like. Th- rubbing shoulders with people. I don't think that's this concert. Because I think people are catching wind of the advice that I got that I passed along to you that that's not really where you want to be. That's not the best, maybe, seating location to be down there and GA down there on the floor. I'm still sure it's a heck of a time. But from what I've heard is that you want to be a little higher up.
2: That's what I've heard. And yeah. tweet. She only mentioned 13 because it's her lucky number. Listen, that's great. And that's just fascinating news that unlucky 13 happens to be her lucky number. That's wonderful. Well, she was born on December
3: 13th. That's oh, why. Keep going, CB. Give me more. Is there any more 13 ties we got here? Is that
4: it? No, I just find it funny. What was the airline that had the 1989 for her birth year for the flight out from Kansas City mm-hmm. to Vegas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. A.R.'s turned heel on her, CB. No, I, I, I want to I
2: wanna like it. I want to like her. I want to just, we're all good. We're still good.
3: Just thought we'd point that out today. Land that two for San Francisco now, huh? What's that? you land laying those two points for San Francisco now?
4: <laughs> <Nah>.
2: <laughs> I don't think so. I will say, you know, part of the, the fun of this week is the narratives and what you think, the storylines. We all know yeah. there are many. ESPN put out one this morning for their debate, which I thought was the stupidest one I've ever seen. And that's saying a lot. Tell you about it next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. The Fan is live and local with morning juice.
0: Caffeinate... And Dominate. Weekday mornings from six to nine. The fan, Ohio Sports Destiny. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put Lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the Lifelock Million Dollar Protection Package change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
1: You're listening to
2: Rothman and Ice.
1: Sponsored by Pella Columbus. Windows and doors that go beyond.
2: Alright, Tom, great email. reminding me of one of the great sayings in sports back in the day when the Steelers were going for their fifth. I remember... The one for the thumb in '81, whole deal. Uh, that was a cool little campaign that the Steelers had, and I can't remember whether that was trying to remember was it must have been Mean Joe Green. I, that's the only where he had the held out the four, and then there were the they made these shirts. I don't think the Steelers did it. I think it was maybe just somebody came up with a campaign of one for the thumb in '81. Man, I'd love to have that T-shirt right now um they didn't win it they didn't win that one took them a little longer to get that one but uh they were going for a three-peat and that would have been their fifth as a franchise in 81 Okay, and so that was cool now i don't know if they if they would have won that one if mean joe would have gone to the podium and said well i just want to let you guys know this is our fifth super bowl he may have i don't know he was too busy you know throwing his jersey to a kid um oh, here kid catch by the way best super bowl commercial ever It can never be beat,
3: huh? In your opinion, that's the best one? It's it's, it's a special, special one. It really is. And there's been some tweaks to it. I know some guys have, you know, remixed it a little bit throughout the years. But that original, you you can't beat it, man. Because, you know, all of us have been that kid in our life where you can meet somebody you idolize and to get... You know, the jersey from him or whatever.
2: Yeah, just wandering down the tunnel, though, wouldn't happen. Yeah, how did he get some there? rando kid? How did we
3: get him? Maybe it was I a bathroom think... break. You know, maybe he had to, it was an emergency. Security <laughs> said, come on down. After the game,
2: <laughs> only mean shows walking through. And, oh.
3: Man. So
2: there's, you can poke
3: holes in it a little bit, but the root of the root of it is a beautiful thing.
2: That was a good Beautiful thing. thing. Yeah, probably have to watch that to get motivated in my way. I saw a, uh, I walked in today, stared up at the screens, and ESPN's doing all their narratives, which is great, that's fine. It's Super Bowl week, we'll all do it. And I saw on their graphic it said, "Is Patrick Mahomes already the GOAT?" Already? Like he's very talented. Yeah. How in the world if he doesn't win another one? I mean, I listen, are there some people that think Dan Marino is the greatest quarterback that ever lived? Yeah. But he's not the greatest of all time. Like You can think he's the most talented, but both have to come along for the ride. Mm-hmm. You can't be Dan Marino without a ring and think you'll win any tiebreaker. Now, here's the tiebreaker you will win. You might win it with guys that played with him, and you might win it with guys who played in that era. When Chris Carter came on the show in L.A., we were at the Super Bowl two years ago. CC was on the show. Great thrill for me, obviously. All-time great Viking. And I did, I asked him some questions at the end, like rapid fire, and I said, You got one drive to win a game. Who's your quarterback? Without hesitation, he said Dan Marino. And so maybe some guys, but mm-hmm. to to have a debate right now, and by the way, what if Mahomes loses? What if he plays okay and they lose? Mm-hmm. It's still a team game. I get it, but like it, it, I think we're setting him up. If he wins it, great. He's on his way to becoming um to maybe passing Tom Brady or equaling Montana, whatever he wants, whatever's going to happen. Yeah. But to debate today
3: if he's already the greatest of all time? It's too early. It's, it's too very early. Much too we early. can hit him with all the praise that he has earned, and I'm all in because this, I think, is an all-timer that we are seeing mm-hmm. really write his story and I think there's a lot more chapters left in this story and who knows how many of those chapters are going to include Super Bowls. Maybe when we get in here on Monday he'll add another one to this. I think it's the unfortunate part of a couple things where we're we in this era now to where all these different TV shows just have so much time to fill with content, content, content. You got to throw out these big topics like this to get reaction and we're reacting to it and this is exactly what they want is that type of engagement, whether it's on social media or emails or whatever it is, you throw out these topics so people can overreact to it a little bit. And I think that's what you know some of these networks do to get people going. And on the flip side of this, too, the other thing is, it's the problem that we've created, especially with football, to where the end-all, be-all, whether it's good or bad, falls at the quarterback's feet. And I think when you have a guy like Pat Mahomes that has packed in so much success early on, there's so much momentum behind him when you're looking at his fourth Super Bowl in the last five seasons and this ridiculous record in the postseason and all the AFC title games that he's played at home and just won one on the road. You just start going down this resume and your mind goes to, well, wait a minute. Is this already the best we've ever seen? And I'm with you. where You can look at it a couple of different ways and say, yes, I think we can acknowledge that he's going to go down as an all-time great but to stamp him already as the best to ever do it, I think is very premature. Because one of the Super Bowls that Tom Brady won, it doesn't get talked about in the light of, well, man, I mean, Tom against you know the Rams, they they only put up 13 points, and he didn't account for a touchdown. He threw an interception in the game. It's Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls, and he gets credit for all of them. And even if Pat wins this one Mm -hmm. this season, my mind will go to, and if he plays great, I'll give him credit for that. But how they got to this point was... They weren't led by this amazing offense Mm -hmm. with Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Their defense was one of the best in the league this season, but I don't think that's going to be the narrative if he wins another one. Even if he he plays okay and he you know, throws for 220 and a touchdown and maybe a pick or whatever, it's going to be Pat Mahomes is a three-time Super Bowl champion and one of the best ever. And I just think sometimes big-time TV shows on national TV leave out the context and shine a light so much on the quarterback position because that's going to drive ratings and conversation. The eras change things. I mean,
2: for people that probably grew up in Cleveland way, way back when and watched Otto Graham win three NFL championships and make seven all pro teams, like it's just different. He's now been passed by guys like Jared Goff. Yeah. And, you know, with the way football is being played, Mahomes is unbelievably special. Mm-hmm. He is. And so if this was a most special quarterback ranking, I think he'd be right there. In fact, he may be number 1 in the most unique special with when ability meets athleticism meets success, he gets spit out. But the but to be the greatest of all time, which is very subjective anyway. Yeah. Even though the numbers usually go to the tiebreaker, then you just can't do it. Not yet. No. Now, if he wins this third then all of a sudden... we still got a long way to you, go. You, you, well, Wait, well, he's he, a long way to go to catch Brady, but he may not have a long way to go as far as just the narrative of what I just said, which is the most unique, special talent who also has three rings. All of a sudden now, he's going to win tiebreakers against Aikman and yeah. maybe even guys that have won more than him. He yeah, might win over Terry Bradshaw.
3: You're right. You're you're yeah. absolutely right. And I think because, you know, once we get done with the Super Bowl, it'll become, you know, draft season for a lot of us. And I love that. But we always hear around draft season, where you end up getting drafted matters. And the structure yeah. that is there in place for you to start your career absolutely matters. Everything you said about how good he is and all the God-given talent that that dude has is legit. But there's so much more that's in that pot, and what he's been blessed to have around him right out of the gate, and his combination of all-world talent with the Hall of Fame coach and one of the best tight ends of all time, and one of the best receivers of his era—at least uh, be up, you know, before last year—has got him to this point. But he's earned it, and he's going to have, I think, many more opportunities to cash in.
2: Charles Davis, uh, the CBS broadcaster, NFL vet himself, is going to jump on next, and I'll ask him straight out about Pat Mahomes. there, There's no Tyreek Hill. So a former DB like himself, how much can you bite? How much do you have to be honest and stay home? We'll ask him next. Rothman and Ice and the Fan. Winners of the prestigious
1: Platinum Microphone Award every year, given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The
0: Fan.
1: like yoda rothman will limp onto the golf course talk about how stiff his back is wonder how he can even make it through a hole and then
2: proceed to kick your ass you're listening to rothman and ice all right what a great week way to start out super bowl week uh it's been too long our visit with uh one of the best in the biz nfl on cbs and a lot more he's our friend charles davis cd welcome back
5: Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Hope you guys are
2: doing great. Outstanding, man. And it's good to have you and have your insight here to this Super Bowl. It seems, um, you know, this is a different Kansas City team, as you know. There's, there's no massive <laughs> deep threat. Um, a lot of the right. stuff that Mahomes takes is underneath, unless Kelsey breaks a coverage, which he certainly did um, mm-hmm. in the AFC title game. But let me put you back in uniform for a second. You know, you're a corner okay. or even a safety. Um, how much... Do you bite with Patrick Mahomes here? I mean, he has a great way of, of of being able to find those spots in the zone. Do you let your underneath guys do their stuff and you just stay home? How much will the Niners uh, take their chances against Mahomes?
5: Yeah, I think that, think that you do have to be conscious of, yeah, we understand exactly how it's laid out as you present it. We've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it. Third and short, to clinch a chance to go to the Super Bowl, they throw the deep shot, and Valdez-Scantling does catch it. So it puts you in that spot of, yeah, we they, they really don't do it very often. It's not a big part of their game right now because I think Mahomes and, and Andy Reid and the confidence in, in throwing that deep ball, of course, it, the number one guy would be Marquez Valdez-Scantling. His hands have been shaky for the most part. You just, you just got to sit there and make sure that everything underneath, if they're going to throw the ball under, you're tackling and putting people down on the spot and making it second and whatever, third and whatever. Make them you know continue to run plays. And like everything else, you hope that something goes a little haywire. I mean, it's the number one formula. The issue with it now is Mahomes isn't really in that spot anymore. He hasn't been through these playoffs of forcing anything. Remember when he was younger? Okay, enough of this. Somebody, anybody, let's make a play downfield. Now he takes it, he takes it, he takes it. They roll downfield. How long were those first two drives against Baltimore? Man, they ran plays. Mm
3: Charles, I'm glad we had you on, man, because I couldn't wait to get your take on Brock Purdy. There's so much noise yeah. around his name, whether <laughs> it's from, you know, the media or former players yeah. that are podcasting or whatever it is. For, from your perspective, like, what are the goods that he does bring to the table? Because it seems like so many people want to take away from what he does on a weekly basis. What do you see in him?
5: Yeah, I just, you know, I'll just start very quickly with it's very interesting to me that we, Want to ding a guy for having guys who can make plays for him? I mean, were we upset when Montana and Rice were throwing to? to I mean, Montana and Young were throwing Jerry Rice and Brent Jones and crew. Roger Craig was going a thousand, a thousand. Did we downplay them for that? Well, he's got weapons. I mean, he ought to be a good, good quarterback. I mean, just pick them. Did we downplay Peyton Manning throwing to Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne? Two, two wide receiver ones, which you rarely get on a team. I mean, it just kind of goes that way. I said it in a game that we had earlier. I, I said, you know, we, we were in Arizona, and I firmly believe this. Because he was drafted 262, he's Mr. Irrelevant, blah, blah, blah. We, and I point the finger at myself because I'm part of it, we evaluators, or when people like to criticize us, you so-called evaluators, we don't like to look stupid. And a guy that we said couldn't play – <laughs> and then was was seventh-round pick, or I would have taken him as a free agent, can flat-out play. So it takes us a while to praise him because that means that we didn't know what we were talking about. But the best part about Brock Purdy's game is the consistency, the ball placement, the toughness mentally and physically, which was really on display in the playoffs because his first halves weren't great against Green Bay and Detroit. But a second half for what you have and what you, you need from an all-star quarterback. When his team needs him, when you have to make plays, he finds a way to get it done, including taking off and scampering as he did against Detroit. This kid is the real deal. That's that's my opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm well beyond the old, well, let's wait and see when this happens and wait when he gets this situation. I'm past it. I'm done with it. I don't care. I've seen him up close and personal. I've seen him on tape. He's the real deal. Okay, so we blew it. So what?
2: <laughs> That's a great comment because, you know, Montana and obviously Brady went on for great things, but they weren't exactly the okay, overall the number first, one either. Montana's
5: a third rounder. That's what I'm saying. Montana's right, exactly. Third rounder. Exactly. So you and I are at the same place, same place there. Yeah. Montana's third rounder. You know, Brady was a sixth rounder. Of course, Brady will always be the patron saint, number 199, et cetera. Look, when we really get down to it, most of the great quarterbacks we see that will come through the game will be drafted in the first or second round. There's no getting around it. Most of the time, you're going to get that person there. But why are we always discounting a guy who's later? You remember Brady's first Super Bowl the week before? Remember Drew Bredsoe played in, in the AFC Championship because Brady hurt his ankle. He played about three quarters or more in that game when they beat Pittsburgh. You guys remember the noise that went on that week about, hey, this should start Bledsoe. No they doubt. start Brady. Bledsoe should be the guy. So it takes a while when you're a lower level draft pick. If Brady had been a number one draft pick, I don't think the noise would have been there for Bledsoe.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a good point. And this has a David and Goliath feel though with Mahomes on the other side. Is there Absolutely. a are they listen, the early down success rate in a Super Bowl is obviously very big. Nerves will be high, especially maybe for a guy like Purdy. We'll see. He's handled himself, but this is the yep. mo- this is the biggest game in the world. And so I can't imagine Shanahan's going to outthink this too much. Um, no. is, this a, is this a, I mean, man, if he went away from CMC, I would be so surprised. Mm-hmm. Is this just going to be hammer him as much as you can all day?
5: I think that that's just part of what Kyle likes to do anyway. Remember last time I went to the Super Bowl, that wasn't CMC, it was Raheem Mostert. Remember the two playoff games prior to the Super Bowl, they threw it less than 10 times in both games. If you don't shut down the run game, Kyle Shanahan does not have so much ego that because it's on his play sheet, it has to be called. He's much more of a, oh, if it's working and you're not stopping it. I mean, Raheem Mostert, I mean, he just wore himself out, running into the goalpost in those playoff games. And, and Kyle does not mind handing him the football. So I think your point is well taken. If it's there, he's going to take it. But he'll get there in a variety of ways. He's going to have to figure out exactly what Kansas City is presenting and, and how they go about doing it, let's be fi- frank, Spags and crew have had been tremendous on defense all year long. But didn't Buffalo run it pretty well against them for most of the game before they got away w- away from it? I'm with you on this one. I'm going to test them and test them and test them until I have to do other things. And you can test them with CMC. You can test them with Debo. You know, And some of those short passes and quick games can count as some of your running game as well.
3: So zooming out from the Super Bowl, Charles, I, I want to get your take on Jim Harbaugh coming back to the NFL. He's got a very good quarterback. They're picking high up in the draft with their first-round pick this year. When you yeah. look at the road ahead for him out there in L.A., what do you see?
5: I see success because that's all I've seen him do. It's it's hard for me to see otherwise. But I don't see it in a way that maybe we thought over the last two seasons. Where we, we, I mean, Tell me if I'm wrong with this sentence, both of you. You ready? Those Chargers, they've got a roster that is ready to win. I don't know what's going on there. Yes or no? I've been saying
3: it for years, Charles.
5: (laughs) Okay. Now, when you take a good, strong look at the roster, I don't feel quite the same. I mean, they've got holes in places that we didn't see before. The defense, we kept talking about the players they had on defense, but the production wasn't there in terms of shutting people down. Joey Bosa's been dinged the last two years. Great, great player. But when, he, when he's on the field, <laughs> look out. But he hasn't been able to finish the last couple of years, unfortunately. I hope he can get back and be that guy. But he's got a monster contract. So you know they're talking about, do we do something with that or not? And you remember, he always had that tag team partner in Melvin Ingram. He's not there anymore. Had been for a while. So he have got to get someone to, to pair with him. Derwin James, which way are they going to go with him in the backfield? Asante Samuels and Nickelback. But overall, they couldn't stop anyone running the football the last few years. And by the way, their head coach was calling their defenses. That was his expertise. It didn't get done. Offensively, your receivers, Keenan Allen is terrific, but aging. Mike Williams is very, very good, but hurt most of the time. Okay, Quentin Johnson, who they drafted last year at TCU, couldn't catch much last year, didn't really get acclimated well. Austin Eckler is your running back. I love him, but he's a third down back more than he is a true, pure lead guy. And your offensive line, Trey Pipkin has got one of the greatest contracts ever given for a right tackle who is a <laughs> guy. Okay, And I'm not saying this to be the jerk. I'm just saying if you're an evaluator, when Trey Pipkin's got that contract around the league, of, whoa, going, whoa, what, wait, what? He did? It's kind of like what Andre Dillard signed with the Tennessee Titans at left tackle. Really? Congratulations to them. They got the contract, but we don't think that they can live up to it. And so far, I don't think that they are. So it's not that same roster. And they just, you know, you heard about Corey Lindsley, who's a tremendous center. He's probably going to have to retire, unfortunately, because of heart condition. So it's not the same roster, but it's Jim Harbaugh. Has he ever been in a spot where he hasn't been successful? And the answer is no. And you start with Justin Herbert, and that's a powerful starting point.
2: Yeah, no doubt. All right, my man, great breakdown. Always appreciate the conversation. And I hope you enjoy Sunday.
5: I certainly will. I hope you guys do the same. Great talking with you again. You take care of yourselves. Always. You too. Charles
2: Davis, CBS NFL analyst here on the Bryant Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. When we come back, we'll hit you with a Buckeye Bulletin. Those Buckeyes just stacking talent. Another big one for 2025. We'll tell you about it next. Rothman and Ice on the Fan. (laughs)
1: If you haven't thought about Buckeye football today, I'm sorry to tell you that
0: you're dead. Our condolences. Your home of the Buckeyes, the fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Rothman and Ice present
1: Buckeye Bulletin. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including 0% APR for 60 months.
2: All right, Buckeye Bolted time. Uh, Super Bowl maybe a coin flip, and maybe the same thing for the Bill O'Brien to Boston College thing. Pete Thamel just tweeted, he, the, the senior writer for ESPN, insider for College Game Day, tweeted that the BC football search has two rounds of in-person candidate interviews scheduled for this week, with the first round coming tomorrow. So, final decision is expected by the weekend. Okay. So there is some belief that he's not the slam dunk candidate that was being kind of touted this morning. It doesn't mean he won't get it, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I mean, he's it's a pretty big name. Yeah. He's currently the Ohio State offensive coordinator. <laughs> I don't know what his buyout is, <laughs> So, but he's a Boston native. Yeah, man. And, and he, he wanted that BC job, I think, the last time it was open. So that should lean you in that direction that he – would want this if offered
3: so it looks like you know obviously things are just evolving on the fly here i know the the boston herald had the uh, initial report that seemed to be some momentum behind o'brien in boston college but i you know he's i'm gonna assume he's a candidate i thought it was pretty a little interesting that thamel didn't throw any names out there now it's just an assumption that bill o'brien is going to be in the mix but we shall see. We shall see. And like we mentioned off the top of the show, at least in my opinion, with or without Bill O'Brien this season, I see you know a pretty good offense that has a chance to do some do some good things. Obviously, if guys stay healthy and if you know get an offensive line that can be consistent with what they do, uh, with Coach Day running the show, I, I got confidence that offense can be all right.
2: All right. So I'll throw out the names it's as long as you asked. I'll throw out the names that are being tossed around aside from him, and it would be. Paul Crist, okay. who went to Texas as an offensive analyst, and obviously the former Wisconsin coach, there may be something there. Um, okay. And
3: season guy, who else? Been around for a little bit. No, that, yeah,
2: that, that's the big one that I have heard. Yeah. that may be getting another interview, perhaps this week. Okay. So
3: wait and see mode for us. We shall see.
2: Ohio State's not waiting and seeing about any talent, man. They're just stockpiling. And trying to spin this thing back to a natty feel. Ohio State has landed now commitments from the top two corners in the 2025 cycle. So they just got a commitment from Naeem Offord. And he is in Birmingham, Alabama. So listen to that correctly. This is the number one player in the state of Alabama. And he is committed to the Ohio State. And you know who was in on this kid. Yeah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Georgia, LSU, all the SEC behemoths. Michigan was trying to get in on him. Clemson even certainly was in the conversation. Yeah. But now he's the eighth prospect to commit to Ohio State, and he's also the second five-star. Right. You know, ratings are there for a reason, right? You got it. it's all subjective, but I can't believe that this would be a total miss. So he's really fast – He's a track star there, I guess, as well. And he's coming off a really good junior year, so we'll find
3: out. You mentioned the ratings and and the rankings, and I went over and looked at 24-7 sports right now. And nationally in that 2025 cycle, Ohio State's in, in, in fourth. But you look at some of the other teams above them, Notre Dame is at one, LSU's at two, Clemson's at three. Those programs right now have 11 commits and 13 commits and nine commits. So in time when this class starts to fill out even more because of these special players that are coming out of high school that are attaching themselves to Ohio State. And maybe I'm going to assume we get even more of those guys that they're going to be right there towards the top like Ohio State usually is. This is a uh, it's a tremendous get by Coach Walton. I mean, you got to give it to him and when you talk about what he's been able to do with bringing in sanchez and now offer both corners as you just laid out number one and two in the country that that's what it's all about that's why you bring in guys that are well you know well known around the sport and pay them at a decent amount of money to have moments like this now you got to get these guys here and obviously make sure they're going to continue to be buckeyes and that process can always be a little up and down but that's that's big time stuff from him and you got to give him credit and look i know the elephant in the room a little bit has to be, you know, the Nick Saban part of this, and who knows how how much of that was baked in to his decision to leave Alabama to come up here, but with or without Nick Saban, this program has shown that they can recruit at a high level. Little drop a
2: little U two there, mate, with or without you. There you go. Get you ready. Um man. I would say that of the disappointing losses this season for Ohio State basketball, this one is up there for me. Not because It would have been a signature win, but I do think Carver-Hawkeye is not the easiest place to go get a victory, especially against a desperate team like Iowa. They were both in the same boat, and this game never got away from Ohio State. In fact, I could be convinced, you know, I love to do the the blind taste test on the box score, like if I saw that Ohio State shot better than them from three, um, out-rebounded them, had more points in the paint matched them in turnovers there was no real discrepancy there matched them in steals was better on the offensive glass I would say man they got this one they did get it and they they lost by two so they took them to the wire where they get hurt is in really clutch phases first of all Iowa is very good in transition so whatever they miss on the three point line they make up by running you off the court they don't wait I think they're the best in the league at it and Ohio State is the worst in the league at it so did you see the team stats of fast-break points? 17-0 yeah, they dominated that. in a two-point game. So there's five minutes to go, and I'm watching this game, and Ohio State's down four. And I'm like, okay, hang in there, hang in there. And I, I like when Battle gets assertive because he's such a good free-throw shooter. He needs to get to the line. When he goes baseline, draw contact. Don't pull it out. Get to the line. You're 93%. That's where we need you in a close game with a few minutes to go. Um, and at the end... It was like, and I was texting with CB about it. I, You cannot have Felix with the ball out top in crunch time. You can't have Bonner with the ball. He's a 62% free throw shooter. Like, that's clutch time in a close game. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that double dribble by Felix, listen, that's, that's it tough. was a bad mistake. Yeah. I think Ron Stokes was ready to jump over the scorer's table. <laughs> and it just... And then... They hung in. All I can say is it is another L, and they've lost four in a row, and what seven of eight. Yeah, but that one was disappointing to me because they did
3: so much right, it, and it, and then at the end they did not get the payoff. They really did because you had Bruce, you know, hitting those big buckets late to tie it at what sixty seven, and then tied it at sixty nine, and Mahaffey hit some what four and free throws in a row or whatever that was, and yeah, you're right there, man. You're absolutely right there. I guess my issue still is. The, the efficiency that other offenses are having. I mean, Iowa shot 53% from the field as a team and that's just unfortunate because that's just been the trend that we've seen recently on this skid is that the defense throughout games and spots is just not where it should be. No, Rod, um, Roddy got beat off the dribble a lot. That's what I'm saying. So it's yep. just, it's not enough speed bumps out there, unfortunately, for Ohio State and this program is just searching for any type of positive consistency because right now it's just not there.
2: Felix cannot follow jump shooter. You cannot do that at yeah. that time. there's just certain things to win close games that you have to do, and I just named three of them and they just could not get there um, against Iowa and Chris did actually talk about that real fast lack of execution
5: I think Felix just bobbled the ball there okay, and um, you know we had we actually had the matchup we we really liked there in that situation, but you know those things uh, those things happen and um I thought overall our guys performed well. I thought they performed well. We still have to sustain an effort for longer on the defensive end. We have to do that every time out. Okay? That's just that's the reality. And I thought we, we had stretches that were really, really good with that, but just uh, not long enough. But we had some really good performances, uh, and our team played really well in stretches, really, really well. He's
2: not wrong. He's not wrong. And if they were having a better season, that would go over better. But they're not. And so when you're aggressive and you tie the game with four minutes to go and you got three guys beating you down the floor, I saw I saw Roddy, Felix, and Thornton all get beat down the floor by Perkins on a made basket. And what does he get? A free jumper in the paint yeah, that's just with three Buckeyes behind the play. Yeah, just it just can't happening. happen. Not against that team. I agree. And that's unfortunately where that game was won, I thought, in the last five minutes. Yeah. All right. We're going to come back. With a Sports Center update here, top of the hour, we'll get to a deep dive. Is the number one team in the draft going to take this quarterback, or are we walking it back? We'll tell you next. Rothman Ice and Eisen, the fan.
1: We're known for three things games, conversation, and common
0: man yelling about things only he cares about. The fan, Ohio Sports Destiny. Most
1: shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and I feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for A Deeper Dive.
2: All right, welcome back in. Final out of the program. Pat Murphy, Bucknuts, will jump on it. 233, give us the latest, what he's hearing over at Ohio State with Bill O'Brien and whether he's got this Boston College job or not or whether it's very close and it's down to maybe... He and, and one other person or two other people. So we'll find out. It's one of those deals that if this goes this way, you can't really truly blame him. However, it is odd timing to say the very
3: least. It's odd timing, but I think the the positive in this, if he does, you know, you know, end up getting the job. Is it's February. It's February and you got a while. You got a while until we get to some football that matters. Clearly, you want to be able to build throughout the offseason. I understand all of those things, but because, you know, one thing that you guys know I really liked about this year's team and what they can be is these are, it's going to be a veteran led team. And this isn't going to be a whole bunch of young guys trying to reach the top of the mountain. These are guys that should be able to handle whatever that comes their way. And I think those guys will handle this very well, whichever way it goes. Uh, Caleb Williams had to clear the air
2: apparently. So, Last week, um, Colin Coward, who has ties with USC, obviously, um, I think dropped on his show. In fact, I'll actually read you the exact quote. Um, I do think it's possible that Washington trades up and Chicago allows Washington to trade up because Caleb and his group do not want to go to Chicago. Uh, We've heard this in the past. We've heard this about other quarterbacks. We've heard this about Joe Burrow not wanting to go to the Bengals that Mike Brown's cheap, and they won't build around you, and that's not the place you want to go. Even if you're the Ohio boy and it sounds perfect and you didn't grow up that far from there, it doesn't sound right. And then I think there was some backlash on it, and I'm not saying Joe did it himself, but maybe it was floating out there that that may not be the most ideal franchise to get drafted by, the Cincinnati Bengals, of what their history of some quarterbacks and whether they've really invested in them over the long haul. And then he finally had to kind of wrap his arms around it and say, they take me, I've, Love to be a yep. bangle kind of thing. This seems like maybe this is where this is heading. What I mean by that is that if Coward puts it out there that Caleb Williams and his team don't want to go to the Bears, They it just comes off bad, badly for him. And so apparently that word got back to the camp. And then the next day he was discussing what the quarterbacks group said about his initial Bears reporting. And he goes, I think Caleb Williams privately deep down has real concerns about the Bears. That may be very true. Now, Williams' camp called Coward and let him know he'd play in Chicago. We're not pulling an Eli here. We're going to go where we're drafted to go. But so I hear the story, and it makes me feel like, there probably is a lot of truth to him if he
3: could handpick this, not want to go to Chicago. No question. And especially now that we have the news that one of his old coaches, right? in Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the offensive coordinator for the Washington commanders. When that came out, that kind of sounded off the alarms for me a, a little bit. You're right. You know, from the PR, from the public, you know, court of public opinion, when it comes to these things, you can't win by saying, I'm not going to go here. I don't want to come to that city. You're going to get crushed, but. Could it be that maybe Caleb and his camp are looking at Chicago's situation and saying, well, the head coach up there, you know, how, how safe is he? How safe is he? And if I'm a rookie quarterback, which obviously he will be next year, and it doesn't go well in year one. Then you start to go down the road of, man, I'm a young guy and I'm going to be dealing with a new coach in year two and probably dealing with a new offensive coordinator. And that can get dangerous regardless of how talented you've are. We've seen a lot of guys throughout the history of the NFL that were supposed to be guys that are locks in the NFL. And maybe it's because of their own doing or because of the lack of consistency around them within a building that those guys couldn't really catch any type of momentum and showcase what they are. So maybe that is part of it, if that rumor is true or was true at any point in time, that the head coach up there in Chi-Town right now, that may not mm-hmm. even be my guy a year from now. And then it's a slippery slope after that. You don't really know what you're getting.
2: There was talk about him staying in college and try to force his way to a specific team, but it doesn't appear that could be the case. Um, there's There's no real power for him to do that. It's... This isn't 1983. This isn't John Elway saying, you know what? Indy or Baltimore, I don't want to play for you. Um, I'm going to go play for the Yankees.
3: Like, so don't pick me. And even in like, that situation, that's, hey, I can go play a whole nother sport. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's when you have some leverage when you could be the Russell Wilson's of the world. I know he fluttered around with baseball yeah. in this situation. Everybody knows that you're leaving college to come to the NFL, you're not saying, "Hey, I'm going to go play pickleball or whatever oh, yeah. no, it sounds amazing. It. You know, some people say it's get delicious. on that pickleball circuit.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, no, you're exactly right. He doesn't have baseball to fall back on. Yeah. Now, the, here's the deal: also, they still have a quarterback. That they have Justin Fields right now. Very true. The number eleven overall pick in the 2021 draft. Yeah. He is rostered. Last I checked, so it's and he's coming off a. Of His
3: best season yet as far as statistics. Pretty good for sure. Let me ask you this, Aaron, your personal opinion on Caleb Williams. Do you do you love him the way that some of these analysts love him? That, you know, he's the next, you know, Andrew Luck type of prospect to come out of the next, you know, Trevor Lawrence type of guy. Like do you love him that much? He's a prototypical guy. I think he's
2: got really good arm talent. I don't think he's
3: as tall as people think
2: he is. Oh, I can't right? wait
3: to see his combine measurements or That's, the official number so on that.
2: all I'm telling you is like people look at him, he plays bigger than he is. Yeah. He's like 210, 212. He's like 6'1" with the helmet. Yeah, the case, like I, right. like and so that that may be something that knocks him back, but you asked the question how much you like him. I think you I love him as a competitor. I yeah. think he's got that guy in I think he is that guy Um,
3: I think sometimes he's too much playmaker and not enough quarterback glad you brought that up because that's the one question that I have is that this is a guy over the last two seasons that put up a bunch of great Mm -hmm. numbers but to me part of that was attached to a horrible defense and when you're in games to where it's 59 to 53 and because Alex Grinch Mm -hmm. the former you know guy that was here at Ohio State a lot of people didn't love what he's done as a coordinator around college football. And I think he's hopping back into the Big Ten. CBM, right? He's going to help at Wisconsin, I believe. Correct? I think it's
4: defensive backs at
3: Wisconsin. So he he's back up there. But I I I I like to bring that into focus as well when it comes to Caleb because I do think he's very very talented and I know he does something that you love from the quarterback position, which is extend plays. Like that dude mm-hmm. is a magician when it comes to extending plays. But I just can't wait to see what this guy does in structure because part of me looks at those numbers and while all of it isn't empty calories. I get that. When you're in shootouts a lot, which USC was the last couple of years, I can't ignore that because production is going to come along with how many times you got to put the ball up in the air and the talent that USC has racked up under Lincoln Riley. So
2: with guys like Caleb Williams, with CD just told us about Patrick Mahomes early on in his career, when you're a unique playmaker, like I think he is, you're always on the hunt for the big play. Mm -hmm. Always. And Mahomes had to learn it. And so yeah. it's one of those really fine lines for a quarterback. Consistency, obviously, is what you want to have. And, but I do like his ability to find places to throw the football. He can get angles. He can create angles for himself. And so he doesn't – listen, I, I want my quarterback to have faith in his arm. I get that. But he's one of those things that they're – and Lincoln Riley said on a McAfee show, you know, he hasn't played that much football. Like, he's, he's not like some guy that's been around forever, but he is, I think he processes pretty well, and but he loves the big play. Yeah, And so if he's going to pass up easier opportunities, that can be coached, though. If we're drafting a guy overall number one, that's what I want to hear. Wait a minute, we got to dial him back a little bit? That's a great problem to have.
3: It is, but you can look at certain guys, even like a Josh Allen, who he had some of that coming out of college. And it still pops up every once in a while. And it can really hurt you because these guys, their entire football lives – have been able to make the huge play, as you're mentioning, just because their talent is on a whole nother level. But when you get to the league and there's all these grown men that are running around that have seen way more football than you have and gone up against a whole bunch of different quarterbacks, that stuff you were doing in college, it ain't going to work, that playground stuff, all the time. So I just wonder how long that process is going to take to get that out of them because it's a good and a bad thing at the same time. So this may
2: sound weird. I think he's... I think he's a bigger Kyler Murray. I think that's who he is. I think he can, but when you're a bigger Kyler Murray, that helps. No question. And so I think that's who he is. I think that this is where the NFL is going. So if you're asking me how much I like him, I do like him. I love him for this NFL. I really do. Josh Allen was coached. He, He worked on his accuracy. And by the way, the other thing is let's not take the coaches off the hook. A lot of these coaches are have an affinity for aggression and going for mm-hmm. it and going for the big play. And the best defense is a great offense. We've seen it happen. Yeah. So I don't want to put it all on the quarterback that they're just ad libbing against coaches' orders yeah. about taking underneath and taking the play. There are only so many like elite, elite guys like Mahomes around. But I I do like him. I think his arm talent is there. I've watched him enough. I think so. Arm talent, playmaker. Um, processor competitor wants to learn mm-hmm. i feel like he's one of those guys that play injured like i think he has a lot of characteristics um, i do like him mm-hmm. and i think if you're going to reset with him you might be getting potentially a higher ceiling justin fields and fields running ability we cannot compare and the frame but,
3: too on yeah. justin is a, a little bit bigger there something just jumped out to me because you mentioned the you know the kyler Kyler Murray mm-hmm. comp, and I actually like that because of the way that they get down playing quarterback. He's listed as 6-1. So let's just remember that. When we get to if he's going to show up at India, I haven't heard anything about that. He is listed at 6-1. I wonder if that number ticks down just a little bit. But another thing that jumped out to me, and we got to remember this as well, is his birthplace is Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I had not heard that anywhere so if there is some behind the scenes stuff happening to where he's trying to work his way to Washington because of either Cliff Kingsbury now as the OC or if he wants to go back home let's just remember that little breadcrumb because I didn't know that that he was from Washington you know what
2: I thought that came up but it really didn't move the needle for me because I always thought you know hometown you want to go to the best team possible like I I don't you mean he'd be... Well, they're, they're both they bad more, teams.
3: They're both bad teams, yeah. but I'm just saying, since he's from Washington, maybe he wants to play for the Commanders. He's born there. Maybe. Something to remember. Yeah. I'm not stamping it, but, you know, if this there's stuff happening where he's trying to get there, I, I would understand why, because, you know, it's his old stomping ground.
2: Uh, Brown's got a taste of the playoffs. It was uh, not a big enough taste that they wanted, but they're going to have their quarterback uh, presumably back and healthy next year and ready to go. Um, how do they tap into what they paid for? Well, ownership may have had a different idea than the head coach. We'll tell you that next. Rothman and Ice in the fan.
1: When that alarm clock goes off, morning juice comes on. The perfect way to dominate your day. Or just lay around the house. Morning juice. Weekdays at six. The fan.
5: <laughs>
1: Rothman and Ice present free snap reads. Sponsored by the Low T Center, reinventing
4: men's health care.
2: All right, when we get out to the Super Bowl, we'll do all of our props and things like that. So I don't want to go all in on that today. Uh, Maddie, I'm sure, has prepared us some rando NBA first basket we can maybe lose or hopefully win money on tonight.
3: Oh, we won last time, okay? We won Dude. last time and before we get going, I want to let you know at Bet 365, they don't do ordinary. Tonight AR, we've got the Cavs taking on the Kings. The Cavs have been rolling, man. They really have been impressive here. They're half game back of the Milwaukee Bucks right now for second place in the East. So all things oh well for the Cavs. Here's what I have for you tonight. Jared Allen's gonna win the tip again. And he's gonna tip this thing out to Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, however, so we're not getting just the tip. We're actually going to have a basket too. We are headed to Vegas, so I understand where your head's at right now. I understand where your head is at right now. Can I get a ding for that too? You know. No. There we go. So, here's what I <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm actually going deep in the weeds since we're going to Vegas. I got a little extra change to throw around. Give me a max strus. Okay. First basket tonight at plus 1,000. The three-point sniper, Max Struess, is going to get you the first bucket tonight for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You want some other options? You want something that'll make you a little bit less? No, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, 10-1, I'll we're going to Vegas. I can right? roll that. We're going to Vegas. If you guys want to do that, you could do so over at OH.Bet365.com because it's never ordinary at Bet365. Sign up at OH.Bet365.com. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And
5: may the odds be ever in your favor.
2: All right. Get to the NFL. Yep. Keep to uh, it. Deuce daily. Signed by the Brownies as their running backs coach. Yep. I guess that was the same day. I don't... Did did I not... Was that today? It's or did that happen when no, Dorsey was
4: hired? it's been a while. They're just now reporting them all officially today. Oh, okay. Yep, That's right. all it is. So he signed his deal. Okay.
3: Yep. So you got what? You got Tommy Reese coming up from Alabama. Mm-hmm. He is now the tight ends coach, I believe, off the top of my head. And Ken Dorsey. Has... Passing game specialist, oh, man. God, yeah. I don't want to shortchange <laughs> the man. Thank you for getting me right on that. And now we got Ken Dorsey in the mix as the offensive coordinator. What's interesting here is Albert Breer, former Buckeye himself, does a great job of covering the NFL. He sat down with NBC Sports Boston and took us behind the curtain just a little bit on Alex Van Pelt, Kevin Stefanski and ownership in the parting of ways there. I think there's the one key here that people will miss if they don't know it, right?
6: So in Cleveland, the reason he was let go in Cleveland was because ownership and Paul D. Podesta, not Kevin Stefanski, ownership and Paul D. Podesta were frustrated with the progress Deshaun Watson had made. I don't think that they really truly, the people who made that decision really truly knew his value to that staff. And the people, other people on that staff, not so much Kevin, but people below him, were floored when they fired him for two reasons. Number one, how do you fire the offensive coordinator after you just won 11 <laughs> games with four different quarterbacks with your fourth (laughs) and fifth tackles without nick chubb including at least two or three of those guys that nobody's ever heard of right right? i mean you're talking about jeff driscoll pj walker dorian thompson robinson like those are some of the guys he was working with so you just went through that right he was able to help build an offense that was able to sustain with joe flacco coming off the couch with their fourth and fifth tackles without nick chubb kareem hunt coming back in so there's that. Like, that I think is one reason why people there were floored that he got fired. The other one, I think, is a, is the real key, though. He was the glue of that staff.
2: First of all, it's a heck of a little uh, soundtrack they got going on that <laughs> that deal. Um, I, I understand. I understand why. I actually understand this from both sides. Paid a lot of money to be right. It's real. The questions that you when when somebody asked Jimmy Haslam, Hey, if you had to trade for Deshaun Watson, would you do it over again? You think he's ever going to say no? Or you know what? That's a pretty good question. I don't know. Of course not. He has to be right. And if they haven't tapped into it, and I agree. I think Alex Van Pelt probably got the shaft here. He probably did. And it's probably his head coach he had every right to try to protect him. Every right to. Like, that's not... We don't need to fire this guy. That's not the reason things went awry and that... You know, it was just it was a very disjointed year, and so he was a part of that original staff in 2020. And I know his his title was offensive coordinator, but and and Tvansky called the plays, so make of that what you want. Yeah, but he was, I I think he got hurt here based on how much money they paid for Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. and. We're not waiting. And the owner said, nope, we didn't see enough. You make that change.
3: Make that change. I agree with you, AR. I really do. I think, you know, one thing that jumped out to me was in that clip we just heard from Breer is that this wasn't Stefanski's doing. And you just got to hope that if you're a Browns fan, right, that your head coach, your GM, and ownership, everybody's on the same page with these decisions and how you go about it. Because if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I don't I don't love that. I'm sure I may be excited now to have Ken Dorsey a part of, you know, my staff and he's done some good things. He did some good things even with Josh Allen last year. I, I just man, like those things are always head scratchers to me because if the guy that is running the show doesn't have the backing fully of the front office, that can create some issues down the road. And also like when it comes to that contract and you know, the Haslams and everybody else that is a decision maker wanting more from Deshaun Watson like I don't know if I look at this offense that Cleveland Cleveland runs that's going to produce you know crazy statistical numbers from the quarterback position because you have one of the best running backs in the sport and had that. We'll see what's up with Nick Chubb moving forward, but I've never thought that that offense was driven by the quarterback in his arm and throwing the ball a million times. Like, your numbers are going to be scaled down just a little bit when you have Nick Chubb and a good offensive line, which they've had over the last couple seasons. So, we'll see what Ken Dorsey does. Hopefully, Deshaun and and those guys will have good chemistry and it will produce some good things. Regardless of Mm -hmm. calling the plays or who made the decision, bottom line is four's got to be a lot better. That's the bottom line. He was brought here to play at a high level, and we haven't seen that consistently from him, so it's time for him to do his part. Yeah. They, listen, they paid $230
2: million to have this guy be their guy. And and he's in the toughest division in football, I feel like. it's We've seen it. It's a beast. And so, you know, Pittsburgh has one of the highest blitz rates in the NFL, and Baltimore and Cincinnati. It's... Um, It may be a little premature to have changed this, but I understand why they did it. I do understand it from both sides. And so the guy came
3: in, he's missed games, he's been injured. I wouldn't put that all on the OC. Yeah, I just thought, if anything, if your ownership, you would have been encouraged by some of the things that you saw. Right. How'd
2: you keep it afloat? Right, I don't know. Yeah, it's he he was kind of turning the corner a little bit there, and then the last injury, and then then they also had to tightrope that stupid injury. Yeah. With the media. Shoulders. We tough. think he's okay. He's pain-free. But then he tries it. Now it hurts again. So we look like idiots. Like,
3: Yeah. And the Browns just went through that movie a couple years ago with know. Baker and a similar injury. No doubt. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cleveland's not alone. I mean, it's... It, you, the, you brought up what the biggest thing is. It's the contract. That's the elephant in the room. And when you're a billionaire and you're hanging out with the other billionaire friends and millionaire friends, they're thinking... Man, you gave this guy that contract. You're not getting anything from him. That's going to motivate you to make some things shake just a little bit. That way you can, you know, hopefully get what you want out of it. But, I don't know. We shall see. It's Dorsey and Watson time, baby. It's rock and roll. Remember when Nick Foles won the
2: Super Bowl and it was like the year of the backup? Wait a minute. We can win a Super Bowl with... Matt Hasselbeck or Chad Henney or Drew Stanton or those, Josh McCown? Those are one up Wait a minute. We can do this? So that's why Trent Dilfer's and the Nick Foles, those are
3: few and far between. Why am I there?
2: signing a 40-year-old to $50 million if I can win with one of these backups? Um, and by the way, if Purdy wins on Sunday... Oh, no. might be it might shake oh, the room no. again. Are we about to do what we did to the running backs last year to the quarterbacks. No, no. I, what I mean is that you'd have more confidence in the power of scheme versus talent. Oh, I thought you were
3: talking about draft status and
2: draft. No, capital no. This where is where schemes against talent.
3: Plans, schemes, and what is it?
2: Yeah, that that's right. right. Oh, Plans okay. and schemes. <laughs> Heading to Vegas. All right, Pat Murphy coming up next. To Buck Nuts. Uh We will find out if the OC is here to stay. That's next. Rothman Ice on the fan.
1: Unlike your deadbeat uncle, we'll never leave you stranded in a ditch when you were six. This promo may have been a touch too specific. The... F- Listen, learn, lay the points. This
2: is Rothman and Ice. All right, it's the Murph Dog Check it in. Pat Murphy covering Ohio State football and hoops. Ohio State beat writer for Bucknuts 24-7. He is on the Bryant Heating Queen Systems Fangest Hotline. Patrick, good to have you back.
7: Yeah, good to be back. I don't know what we're going to talk about because this has been such a boring off
2: season. It really okay. has. But I do want to start with like the latest before it breaks one way or the other. We have to talk about it, and that's will Bill O'Brien's bed and breakfast, Buckeye Bungalow. Is he going to stay put or is he
7: uh, in and out? Yeah, that's that's the question everyone wants to know the answer to. Uh, I saw just a few minutes ago Pete Thamel tweeted out that um, he. Ex- Said, I think that they have a couple of in-person interviews and there should be hopefully decision by this weekend in terms of the Boston College job. He did not mention any candidates, but obviously people are probably aware of the reports that Bill O'Brien is being strongly considered. Um, you know, I've heard a few different things on this. Uh, I, I don't doubt the reporting coming out of Boston that he would be a candidate given he's from there. And I imagine there would be some interest. Uh, over the weekend it didn't sound to me from people I talked to that Ohio State was uh, you know immediately concerned about this now maybe there's just been conversations there and they're going to let the process play out obviously this is kind of a a rare situation right where you hire a guy and then he's immediately linked with a head coaching position elsewhere so uh, not something they've dealt with a ton Uh, I think There was a few years ago when when Kerry Combs uh, first came to Ohio State, I believe. It was a similar situation where a guy left. Um, But, yeah, it's a weird one. And I think we're just going to kind of have to wait and see. And probably the only person who really knows what all is happening right now is is Bill O'Brien. And he's ultimately going to have to make the decision of whether he wants to go back to Boston and, and lead this program or stay with Ryan Day and kind of help finish what he's just recently started, right?
3: Absolutely. Pat, so let's say he does take the job. When it comes to Coach Day having to fill that void of hiring a new offensive coordinator, where does your mind go when it comes to possible candidates?
7: Well, I think the positive, if it does go that route, is that, that Ryan Day was just in the process of hiring somebody, right? So uh, he, you know, there were a number of names linked. I think probably the most talked about was Jason Candle, the, the Toledo head coach. Um so I think that you know he he has other guys in mind other guys that have probably already been vetted and you know, talked to about kind of what he's looking for so I would imagine assuming uh, no feelings were hurt in that process that uh, it would be a relatively quick quick uh, turnaround but I mean that that's the main one I know Liam Cohen um what was also speculated or or reported on I believe he recently took another job as well so you know, could you, could you pry him away again? Um, but, you know, I, I also think you have to maybe look a little bit off the radar because Bill O'Brien wasn't a name we were all talking about right away. Right. So, you know, maybe are there other guys that they've been able to kind of keep quiet, but I, I do think if it gets to that, there is the positive side of you. You've already kind of gone through this process with other offensive coordinators. And so there will be guys in mind who who you've recently been in contact with.
2: Pat Murphy with us, Bucknuts 24-7, talking Ohio State football. So the offseason has been incredible, right? It's on paper. they got to transfer that to the field. Um, what area of this roster still feels like it needs to be developed to you for this year?
7: I think the most obvious is, is you could still use some help on the offensive line. Uh, and... Look, I don't know if that necessarily means the transfer portal. I think everybody quickly points to that now because it's an easy way uh, to, to go get a new player. And everyone likes new players. But, you know, there's there's still talent on this team, right? Um, you know, a name that I keep bringing up that I'm, I'm interested in is, is Luke Montgomery. Um, and what he can do kind of going into his second season. Played a decent amount as kind of the sixth offensive lineman this past year as a freshman. Um, a guy that Ryan Day talked up a lot in the, the preseason. So, you know, can he become, uh, you know, one of the tackles that you need or, or, and then maybe you can move Josh Fryer into guard. I think if there is somebody in the transfer portal that they really like, they will certainly make the effort to go out and, and try and land, you know, a top tackle that can come in and be a plug and play guy, but you know, you, you don't control who's in the transfer portal. Right. And, and the other position I'm still interested in, in terms of what will happen there is at linebacker, uh, you know, you got Cody Simon coming back. And he can play either Mike or Will, but who is the other guy? Is CJ Hicks finally ready to go? Uh, you know, is that other guy on the roster? Does Sonny Styles move to linebacker? I think there's a lot of questions with that position after Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. Uh, headed off to the NFL.
3: Let's talk about this quarterback room because, you know, I think for a lot of us, we're assuming that will Howard's going to be the guy just based off of, you know, their, their action, the coaching staff's actions in the portal this off season, excuse me. But like, where are you at? What's your feel on what that room will look like when we get to week one?
7: <laughs> yeah. If I could crystal ball and see that, I think I could, uh, you know, answer a lot of questions for people, including probably some of the coaching staff, um, I think it's it's going to depend on how spring goes, right? Like, like you pointed out, we assume that Will Howard will be the guy, and he certainly sounded like it when we spoke with him last week. But, you know, if Devin Brown goes out and has a great spring, you could see this thing play out kind of like we did last year where it goes into fall camp and, and whatnot. Now I do think it's a little different because Will Howard obviously transferred in and, and isn't a guy who's waited around, only has one season left. Uh, so, you know, then Devin Brown, if, if he's not – feeling like he's going to be the starter has a decision to make. And he's been very clear when he's spoken with us and, and spoken in, you know, any forum where he's been asked about, you know, competing for his job, that he's not going to just walk away from this thing. But at the same time, I think eventually you have to do what's best for your career. And, and if he sees an opportunity elsewhere, I don't think you could begrudge him going. And, you know, you still have three other guys in there and Lincoln Keene holds Julian saying and, and Aaron Nolan, all of which are very talented, um, so you know, it's it's hard to predict what these kids are going to do with the transfer portal. I would not be surprised if, if maybe one of the guys jumps in there after spring, but I also wouldn't be overly surprised if you go into the fall with uh, with all five guys wanting to fight for a job.
2: Uh, let me take you back to the offensive line real quickly. What was your take on the whole Carson Hensman benched Cotton Bowl stuff, and then they go out and get McLaughlin? I mean, wh- wh- how would you handicap? that? Because it's not like McLaughlin comes here, expert snapper, right? We saw what happened at Bama. But what do you think of that battle between the two of them at center going into spring?
7: First of all, McLaughlin, like Sarah okay. McLaughlin, she clarified that when we talked to him. So Perfect. Uh, I was pronouncing it wrong, too. But uh look, I think we've we've seen Ohio State be more aggressive in the transfer portal, and they're not Afraid to go get a guy who maybe you are kind of recruiting over a guy in this position with Carson Hinsman um, and, and bringing in somebody who you think is an upgrade. I think if you look at, at McLaughlin's past, he was really good in 2022, uh, snapping the ball. There, there were no issues there. And then he kind of talked about it last week. You know, you have one bad snap and you start thinking about it a little bit, and it, you know, it came. I believe the the first major one was it was against Texas early last year and. You know, then it keeps happening because you're thinking about it more. And he seems to think that they will be able to sort that out. I know Justin Fry has a plan for him uh, to, to work through that. But it is an interesting situation with Carson Hinsman. That's a guy who started all season. And while he wasn't great, um, you know, he, he was his first year playing college football after he redshirted uh, two years ago. So, you know, that's that's a guy who could still give you some things. Now, maybe that's at guard if they if they don't think he can – you know, handle all of the things that need to happen at center uh, this season, but you know, I think the Bucs just saw an opportunity to go get a guy that they liked, who had experience playing at Alabama, just played in college football playoffs, and most of his career has done pretty well.
2: All right, my man, great to visit with you. Enjoy the week of hype for the Super Bowl. We'll talk again soon. All right, talk to you guys later. Thanks, Pat Murphy, Bucknuts twenty four seven on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Maddie, final tell the truth in studio. Before we get on that bird we'll do it next rothman and ice and the fans.
1: love crew soccer us too.
2: let's get married and catch every game together proud to be
1: your local home for the black and gold the van ohio sports destination tell the truth with rothman and ice
4: all right cb take us to John Glenn. All right. Well, I think I can do that. Uh, We will start off with the National Day of Tomorrow Mm. because we will not be on the show tomorrow. And it's a pretty good one. It's National Frozen Yogurt Day. So this is an either-or question for you. Which do you prefer, soft serve ice cream or frozen yogurt?
3: Mm. They're both very very tasty treats. I can rock out with either one. But the soft serve for me is nostalgic, CB, because I just remember back in the day as a kid, After church, getting out and sometimes going to like a hometown buffet. And when you went to that soft serve machine, and that just thing came pouring out of there, you get the hot fudge, the sprinkles, and all that. Like that's always a vibe for me. Ar, so I'm gonna go with the soft serve ice cream, and I'm alright with either one. But if you're making me pick, I'm going soft serve.
2: Yeah, Maddie, just hang on to that, spin that one arm bandit, and just let that thing churn, let that butter churn, Maddie. Um, this is probably more of an age-related thing. I, no one's picking probably frozen yogurt over Dairy Queen unless you're, you know, one of the calories and sugar and all. Like, I, honestly, I think the frozen yogurt sets up more for, like, fruit toppings, and the Dairy Queen sets up, like you said, hot fudge, yeah. all that.
3: Caramel.
2: Nuts. Get the nuts. It's and... Of- uh, so I would say... He's ready for Vegas. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think frozen yogurt is healthier in most categories, so yeah. I think it's an age thing. But you're right. You can't go wrong with your one. If they're side-by-side, if Dem Dare two side-by-each, I'm taking the Dairy Queen. Okay, With the hard chocolate. You can't chocolate.
4: handle the truth! All right, we did some of our Grammy's reaction from last night, but just a little bit deeper with it. What Was there a Grammy... Uh, result that you weren't happy with? Didn't watch it, other than two
2: things. I stumbled into Taylor Swift's acceptance speech, reminding the world she now has 13 Grammy Awards, and I stumbled into... I heard that U2 was on, so I went back and looked, and they did a a song from The Sphere, and then they announced a, a winner of a nom... Or, actually, I think... Did they do the Taylor Swift... I think he. I think. I think. Yeah. I think Bono announced Taylor Swift okay. winning Pop Album of the Year. So that's the section I saw. I don't know if she won multiple. If that was the only one she won, I have no idea.
3: So what was surprising to me, CB? Not really disappointing or anything like that. Was the best rap. Let me try that again. Best rap album of the year going to Killer Mike because in my mind, man, I'm a little biased here. I am a little biased. I thought Drake and 21 Savage were going to bring it home for her loss. I thought that album was really good. I listened to it at the gym. So I am a Drake guy. That is my guy. Killer Mike, he's a legend. Atlanta rapper. I understand that.
4: But that's Okay, but what, hap- what happened to him? He was leaving the event yeah, with I, uh, an escort, yeah, a police I, I, escort. I, I, yeah, clarify mm-hmm. that, Mr. We're Going to Vegas.
3: You guys, you can, I see where your guys' minds are at right now. But yeah, I'm going to go with Killer Mike winning best rap album of the year because I would have went with her loss. Did you say, I know my truth? I know my truth.
4: All right, The Daily Fan Poll sponsored by ER Auto Care Masters of our craft. The question is, CBS has a seven-hour pregame show on Sunday for Super Bowl Sunday. How many hours will you watch? Zero. <laughs> well, there you go. That None is one of the answers. One to two, three to four, or five to all seven? CB, I've
3: recently, over the last year or two... I, the pregame shows, I don't seek them out, man. I just, when kick time's ready to go, that's when I hop on over to whatever channel that is. It's not something I feel like I'm, I'm missing if I don't catch a pregame show. The only pregame
2: shows I used to watch were like Fantasy Football Now or something. It was something I had to know, but now I'll go to Twitter for that and find out if somebody's active or not. I'm with you. I'll, I'll certainly fall into probably a half an hour of this at some point, but I will not seek it out. I really don't know what's on schedule college hoops-wise next Sunday afternoon.
4: What what day is Sunday? Sunday is the 11th. I know Ohio State women play at uh, Michigan State. By the way, shout out to them. Another nice win against IU at home this weekend. Fun game. They'll probably make it a daily double over
2: IU. I, I bet Ohio State wins tomorrow night. Yeah. Okay. Indiana got cracked by 20 over Penn State. No, it's not. Are you taking it to the bank? I don't know what the spread is. But if you're saying just outright, no, I can't. No, I will not do that. But it feels. I feel strongly about it. Is this mental hedging? No, I okay. feel strongly about it. Both teams aren't making the tournament unless they go on like ridiculous runs. Yeah. They may be the two most overrated teams of or overstated teams before the season in the Big Ten. Ohio State and Indiana. And so now they get to play each other for whatever tribute they can get out of it. but And that, my boy, is damn truth. I'll just leave it at that.
4: Well, what's funny is we'll stick with that game because I saw they're doing like a retro like 90s theme for the game. They're giving away like a t-shirt jersey to fans showing up to the game. Mm. I would assume they're probably wearing the Jimmy Jackson Grays in terms of Ohio State. Where does that rank for you in their uniform set?
3: Man. The... Scarlet CB with that kind of same skirt, the, the, the white script across the chest. The Ronnie Stokes script, okay? Yeah, man, that for me is probably number one. But right after that, the Jimmy J's and the gray, I mean, that's, you can't, you can't miss with either one, but I'm more partial to the scarlet that CB just described, more so than the Jimmy Jackson gray.
2: I'll take the J.J. Grays. That feels incredibly slick. I like it.
4: Why you always lying? <laughs> All right, let's finish up with the would-you-rather... Would you rather go on an event, a, a wild vacation full of new experiences? Think of it like an adventurous vacation or one where it's super relaxing, maybe like by the beach.
3: Hmm. Um, Give me the former. I like to have things going on when I'm on vacation. I like to be busy having... You know, some events planned, dinners planned. like That's my type of vacation. Sure, you can always hand me a nice cold drink and kick my feet up on the beach. But, you know, I want to go see what this cities have to offer. So I want to be outside. Yeah, sightseeing for me for
2: sure. It doesn't have to be too strenuous, but it has to be something. Now, I'm not saying I'm not that I'll get out of the room before 11. That's not happening. But once I do get out of the room, I'm ready to see some stuff.
3: Before we get out of here and hop on this bird to Las Vegas, if you missed Charles Davis, breaking down the Super Bowl, giving us his take on Harbaugh and the Chargers. Pat Murphy just hopped on to give his opinion on the Bill O'Brien situation and a lot more wherever you get your podcast, Type in Rothman and Ice and we will be available for you wherever you get your podcast.
2: So we'll be starting our Super Bowl broadcasting on Wednesday. So tune in at one o'clock after the signing day affair. And then we'll be there, obviously, throughout the week. You know, Wednesday show, and then Thursday and Friday, a cavalcade of guests. Uh, Maddie's going to probably get a, a Skims campaign, right? With Usher, hey,
3: if Kim K wants to cut me a check,
2: you'll sport that. Some,
3: I'll throw on some draws. I'll mm-hmm. throw on some draws for.
2: All right, maybe we can make that happen for you in Vegas. Right. Maybe you can do a little audition. <laughs> Right, I mean, you don't think they're just handing this job out for an audition? Okay, man, whatever I, I got to do, okay. You may have to strut a little catwalk or whatever and in I've these things, that's and
3: that's a little too—that's a little too far. We
2: for need me. to get you an audition tape. To get me on the runway, big dog. It's just saying, like they don't just hand these things out. We got got to see you in the flesh and I'm get to grind it done. For
3: it. I'm willing to grind for it.
2: Apparently, he is ready to grind, folks. <laughs> that is right. All right. We'll talk to you from out in Vegas. Have a great rest of the afternoon. Enjoy the sun here in Seabus. Apparently, the weather's gonna be better here this week than in Vegas, but I don't think we'll be outside too much. We'll talk to you then. Con and t up next, Rothman and Ice and the fan.
1: The sound of Paul Keel's calling a buckeye game is erotic. Oh, yes. Your home of the Buckeyes, the fan Ohio sports destination. <laughs> is a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN
6: Bet Gambling. Problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Super Bowl week is here. Which trends do you want to follow as you work on your betting card? NFC teams as favorites are 1-7-2 against the spread in their last 10 Super Bowls. But don't bet without this nugget. 16
1: of the last 19 Super Bowl winners have worn white jerseys. Chiefs in red, Niners in white on Sunday. For your ESPN Bet Action Update on Scotty Vegas. Broadcasting from the Lindsay High. Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit LindsayHonda.com. WBNSFM HD One Columbus. The
4: Fan. Center. Good afternoon, I'm Ryan Baker. One day after their 74-69 win over 10th-ranked Indiana, the Ohio State Lady Bucks jump three more spots in the AP poll to number five. South Carolina is the unanimous number one, followed by Iowa, North Carolina State, Colorado, then OSU. The Buckeyes back in action Thursday on the road at Minnesota with a 9 p.m. tip. The Ohio State men's team is looking to avoid a five-game slide tomorrow night when they host Indiana. 7 p.m. tip time over at the shot. The fan warm-up show gets you started here on the fan at 6. The red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers host the Sacramento Kings tonight at 7. The Cavs have won five straight in 13 of their last 14. This one brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. How could you enjoy this Sunday's game while losing with Awaken 180? The exact same way. Wings, meatballs, drinks. Results for real life awaken180weightloss.com